1: real quick before we start the show just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our patreon even for a buck you can listen to the show two days early go to patreon.com analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there check it out and uh yeah enjoy the episode Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. Guys, today on the show, we have, he, he's probably our save, saving grace for our <laughs> listener questions all
2: the time. Mr. Chris Visser. Hello. Hi, Chris. Hello, everybody. Long time listener, first time <laughs> guest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yes.
3: Chris, I do want to say thank you for being a friend of the pod and also a friend of the film Definitely. photography community. Um, I feel like you're always representing, you're always sharing people's work, buying people's zines, shouting people out. So we just want to let you know, we appreciate you and we're glad to, to have you on our show today. But for people who may not know you, can you give us a background on who you are, what you do, how you got into photography?
2: Yes. Uh, there's like a long answer and a short answer. So well, I'll try well, to do middle round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the middle answer. So I'm like I am like I like you guys said, I'm Chris Visser. I am originally from Wisconsin, but I've been in LA since two thousand and twelve. I'm hobbyist or as some call amateur photographer. Like, you know, I don't do it for a living. My day job is I'm a assistant editor in scripted television. So Man, I've been out so here cool. since uh two thousand twelve in post production. But I've always been like interested in like movies and, and TV and so Like, back in, like, ninth grade after school, like, my school offered, like, a um, filmmaking, like, class after school for, like, half a credit. And my other friends were taking it, so they convinced me to take it. And, you know, we ran around, like, for the semester making, like, really bad short
3: films. That's so fun for a class. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah.
2: was, And that was kind of the thing that, like, changed the trajectory of my life, I think, or, like beforehand I was like, I'll be a lawyer because my dad says I should be a lawyer because I argue <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and so I was like, well, my... I guess I didn't really think that hard about what my life was going to be. Uh, but after that, I was like, I love filmmaking and this is what I want to do. And so I... Went to Marquette University in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, and studied broadcast and electronic communication because I didn't have a film program. But I wanted to still stay close to home. But I was I was like in our class or in in, in the program like I was the guy for like all the technical stuff. So like mm. if it was shooting and if it was editing, like that was I was the guy who did everything and like um if you had a question you came to me and i was one of like the student engineers which basically means like if people had questions you were paid to answer them (laughs) give them to help them so so i had like you know office hours basically on like tuesdays and thursdays from like four to nine i was like on the the second floor which was like the video floor and like if people had questions or issues like they would come to me and i would help so my junior year i applied for the emmys uh foundation internship which is a internship program where there's like 40 different categories and like directing script writing costume makeup cinematography etc uh i don't think there's a still they may have it now but not. not when i applied <laughs> but i at the time like my two passions were like editing and cinematography obviously cinematography very much related to photography and i looked at like the reels of the people who had won previous cinematography in the internships and I was like, I'm just not gonna beat them, <laughs> so I went for post, <laughs> 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 because like we, you know, we weren't like an actual film program, but like the, the kids who had won went to like more actual like film schools, whereas like we, you know, I was making like short films and stuff, um, but that wasn't like our program's focus. So that, you know, I applied for the post production internship, got it, spent the summer in LA, working at a, a post house called Chainsaw, working on stuff like American Idol. So you think you can dance? Uh, wow mtv's teen wolf season one yeah Yeah. this two thousand like 2011 (laughs) wilfred on fx if you guys remember that show Mm -hmm. with like oh Wood, so like i was you know i was an intern i was just soaking everything up and then um i graduated the next year when and i moved here and i started working for that company again and just that's been my journey so like that's how i got into filmmaking and that's always been close related to photography and like my senior year i took like a photography class that was taught by one of the photography editors from, like, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, which is, like, the local newspaper, and he was, like, really strict. He's, like, only things you can do in Photoshop are dodging yeah. and burning and that's it, and, like, cropping. That's it. Like, he was, like, we're going to do, like, old school, like... Oh, um, I love it. Yeah. I love Milton. print style. So. <laughs> and, like, I had bought a Canon 60D for, like, filmmaking purposes, like, the year before, and so then I did that, but I did, like... You know like a noir photo shoot is like my final thesis statement so like in like our studio with like hot lights like studio lights and stuff like that and really enjoy that and then i kind of i don't say forgot but i just didn't like like i kind of like lost photography like passion for a while because i think i was focusing on like my entertainment career like you know right and, and yeah and making that work and like you know especially at the beginning when you're, you know, when I moved out to LA, I was working the night shift, like 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. So, Woo. just, uh, you know, you don't have, a, you know, when you are awake, you're not really awake, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That is uh, a rough
3: shift. My roommate who did the same thing, my old roommate did the same thing as you had had that shift for a while. Yeah. And it's brutal.
2: So, um, I can actually remember like the day, or close about when I like got back into photography. It was. And it was specifically with film stuff because, and that you know, I think that's a common story: is that people have this interest in photography, yeah, and it wanes for whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm I turned thirty this year, so like I grew up in like the '90s, and you know, film was the only thing we had growing up as kids, and then like digital happened, and like digital happened as I was becoming like a teenager and growing into adulthood. So that was the thing that like I used, you know, I and I was interested in filmmaking, so obviously I was focusing on digital. But then I went to my, my then fiance now wife, and I went to uh, whatever year anniversary. It was 2017. So it was like our seven-year anniversary weekend trip to like Ojai. And there was an antique store that my wife wanted to go into. And in the back, there was just like this entire wall of like old cameras. Ooh. And I, you know, I just stared. I like looked through it and stared at a while. And like I ended up picking up this like brownie bullet camera. Just because it felt cool, and so that night I did like all this research, like, "I'm like, can you still use this?" And I was like, "Oh, uses 127 film. What is that?" And like, "Can you yeah, even buy that?" Yeah. And it's like, "Yes, you can, but not easily." Mm-hmm. And that led to like um, a a rabbit hole of like also. I think that night I discovered like FPP because uh, the yeah. film photography project, because like you know Mike Rosso did a video on the Brownie mm-hmm. Bullet camera, mm-hmm. and then somehow that related to going down into an instant film rabbit hole that same night so looking at like seeing the lomo like instant wide and so then i saw like Matt days like video and then lomo instant wide and then that led to like something else and something else it was just like going down the film photography rabbit hole oh, man. And, and it was kind of over after that yeah yeah um, <laughs> and like I, I started with instant film like i got like a Old SX-70 Rainbow One Step is like the first thing I got. Okay. Nice. Yeah, Off eBay. And I still have it. It's basically, it was like 30 bucks and it's basically just a Shelf Queen because it does not make, it like gets close on focus, but doesn't actually hit focus. Mm -hmm.
3: First of all, I've never heard anybody say that. Shelf Queen? Really? No, that's the best terminology for...
1: (laughs) It is. All the cameras are just...
3: It. Yeah, They're, look pretty, you know?
2: Yep. Yeah, I have a whole plethora
1: of those <laughs> right there.
3: <Same.
2: laughs> but yeah, so I I got that and then I got like an SX70 Alpha 1. It was like the no no it was an Alpha 2 it was the white plastic one yeah and it worked Mm -hmm. for like two packs and then it froze up and thankfully I was able to return it and at that point I was just like screw it and I bought like one of the refurbished ones from Second Shot Mm -hmm. SX-70 service and I still have that one and I had it and that one was like modified to shoot 600 film and it works great. I got like a Fuji Insects 90, was shooting that everywhere. And, you know, at that point, you know, I've gone down this like rabbit hole of like instant film. And then I was like, well, I also want to like try like regular film. So obviously I was like, you know, back then there wasn't a, there, you know, now there's like so many right. film photography mm-hmm. YouTube channels. Um, which is awesome, and there's such variety. But back then, it was it was basically Matt Day, yeah. yeah. and I don't know there. I'm sure there were others, but I wasn't as aware of them. Yeah. So, like, of course, I was like, well, I bought a Pentax K1000 because Matt said you should start there. And I bought <laughs> yeah. a Yashica 24G oh, yeah. oh, yeah. because that's where Matt said start with media format. And so I I got both of those. Like, they almost I think they delivered within like a day of each other. And the like waist Level View Finder broke my brain on the Yashica Matt f- yeah. for a while. Like, I, I like hated that camera for like so long. <laughs> and then I f- learned to fall in love with that camera. Yeah, and waist then levels. you get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the thing for me like finding photography like in some ways like i think was like this like saving grace in my life of like you know beforehand i was i struggled with like the sense of like am i doing what i want to do with my life right am i happy with what i'm doing with my life Mm. career wise and you know once i found photography that settled because i feel like i found a passion that was my hobby that like took away some of that like noise that was So now i'm like much happier in my career, you know, not just because it's going well, because it is, but yeah. like, because I don't feel this like, need, you know, sometimes there's creative fulfillment that I'm not getting from my job that I'm able to get from my hobby. And I never want to make money from photography, like as like my main source of income. And I know, Timothy, you feel the same way. Amen. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I I like that it's just this thing that I use to to express myself and to basically i mean it's therapy it's 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 yes. healing it's it's artistic 100%. expression it's it's fun it's not always fun sometimes it's really frustrating yeah, oh, yeah it's it's awful sometimes of course <laughs> but it's i just i love where it takes me like both physically like in space because sometimes like you know i, I take like solo road trips yeah and, you know through california and just document whatever i see um but also just like mentally like it was like like part of me like unlocked when I like discovered photography again, and I you know I, I shoot digital too. I'm not hating on digital, but I you know I think mm-hmm. film was the thing that brought it back. You know, yeah. unlocked me. Yeah,
1: I think that's super important too. Like with digital, that the hate on digital is is definitely real and it's out there. And you know, I almost feel bad because I was on that train. You know, I was all like, Oh, you shoot digital? Wow. Wow. You know, like, come on. Wow. But now that I I, I think like now if I had, you know, say one of like the Fuji little Fujis, or like a digital Leica or something, I would probably shoot it like a film camera. You know, like I think that's what my issue was with digital was just that I was wasting
2: just like, you know, you're just like like, everything you can. You know, I don't know. See, people say that about shooting like if they're film shooters and they go shoot digital and i admire them because when i get behind a digital camera again like i'm like do a lot like spray and pray i keep it on like low continuous so it's like three frames for (laughs) something, seven (laughs) just because i think you know when i when i take out my digital camera you know i have a fuji x100f which is my main digital camera which i and that was something i got when i got that like at the end of 2017, I didn't shoot like film for like a year because I was like focused on in that. And like I create a lot of work that I really love with that camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But I just like autofocus, get it on the eye and just let it go and yeah. do poses <laughs> or whatever, you know. Um but I think you know. It's I once did a, a portrait shoot with a friend, and he brought he brought a friend who was also like a model, and I shot it all on film. And something she said during it really stuck with me is that you know she she never felt like I you know the disconnect because I was shooting film. Oh yeah, Like yeah. You know yeah. I was never looking to the screen. I was like always like still with them. And I've heard other people say that before, but I never like heard the like mm-hmm. the subject say that back. You know. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, that wow, that I you know really enjoy like sometimes. You know, I think now a lot of my friends know I shoot film. And so they just, they they accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, my wife sometimes like, because it's slower, obviously, to shoot with film, especially when it's like a manual focused thing. So sometimes I'll be like doing something with, you know, I want to take her, you know, some portraits on film. And she's like, can we just do it on the Fuji? Like she's like, <laughs> she knows that it's yeah. going to be faster. I could send it to her so she could post on Instagram in like a minute yeah. you know, versus, mm-hmm. It's either, either go to the lab or it's got to be developed and all that.
3: You got to wait for it. Sorry.
2: Yep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I really like what you said about because I shot an engagement session all on film once and that disconnect like with this, like without having to the need to feel like to show them like, look, I'm doing a good job. You know, like mm-hmm. there wasn't any of that. There was just we went to like a farm, like a pumpkin patch, and we just had a great shoot. And it's one of my favorite shoots to date because because we had such a great time, and I, I, I didn't feel insecure in in that moment to where can I see, and then you have to like see, and then you have to look at them seeing if they're liking it, and then you're like sweating like what Ugh. if they don't like, you know like there was not there wasn't <laughs> I'm any the of that, sweats just that, listening. Yeah,
2: to it. <laughs> I you know that. I agree with that and then also like on the flip side something that is that can be good about you know digital when you can't show is like if someone's like struggling or whatever showing right. them that photo that looks great can totally mm. they like reinvigorate them you know right they're, like, that's if they're very not, true if they're feeling awkward and then they see the result like this is how great you look etc then they're like oh and they like believe open you. up yeah yeah, yeah. So you I have to like is, really yeah. like and i think the thing you have to if you want to do that in film is like you just got to like make sure that connection like you got to be verbal you got to be mm-hmm. like Saying like, no, you're killing it. This is great. This is amazing. You know, I love this, and um, hopefully, they feed off of that. You know, if you put out good it's energy, true. they they will probably receive it.
1: Mm. So, touching back on on your on your story, do you still shoot any any video, any video stuff? I don't really
2: ever see you sharing much of that. No, I haven't done like cinematography stuff basically since college because I just like focus switched to editing. Exclusively, mm-hmm. career-wise, but I do have like a Super 8 camera, and I have shot some stuff ah, with that. Cool. Yeah, cool. um, there's I have a couple cartridges like that, like I need to get developed. I had an experience with the lab, and so I have another lab I want to use. um But they, they, you have to like do like a 200 foot reel in order to develop and scan. Or not develop, just to scan. So like they're like, it's worth your time and money if you just send us like four to six as opposed to one because the per cartridge cost will be way less than if you just send one because we're going to charge you this $99 for the 200-foot scan, whether it's one cartridge or six. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So I've got like two I have right now. So I'm going to shoot at least one more cartridge, maybe another before sending it off. But, you know... I'm not opposed to ever doing it again. It's just there's people who do it so much better who focused on it. <laughs> yeah, that that's how I, I feel. That I, um, I, and it's not like I don't think I could do it if I gave it the time and attention. I just, it's not something that's like super calling to me to do. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think the photography stuff satiates that that need and feeling, like the need to document, like good light and good, you know, have good composition. That like I take inspiration from people like Roger Deakins, like the great cinematographer, or like Robert, Roger Elswit or John Alcott, all these great cinematographers. I can do that with a photo, and like if you're able to tell a story with a photo, that can be even more impactful because you have to do you to do it in one frame versus yeah, oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. twenty four per second plus however long the shot is. You know, I. I have a lot of like ideas. I have like a full like notes folder and or note like note in my iPhone. Like all these ideas, like uh, you know, projects and stuff. And yeah, uh, and I, <laughs> I think a lot of people had the you know, a lot of people have big plans for twenty twenty. Yeah, I have, like so many oh. plans for yeah. twenty twenty. <laughs> mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of them are, you know, and they've, you know, been put on pause and something that like I was really going to try to push myself this year was like shooting more people like I don't know, like, you know, reaching out to like models, et cetera, or people I don't know, you know, or people I'm not close friends with, you know, to start shooting portraits. And it's not really the time to do that <laughs> right no. now. Sex. I know. It's such a bummer. Ugh. So I've just been I feel doing other things, you know, I do a lot of like documenting you know, interesting light composition colors on walks with my dogs, and then when I can, I haven't done. I've I've only been able to do it like three times this year, and like two times were before COVID. I've I'll take like these like day trips where I drive throughout California, mm-hmm. and just like with my Hassi and some Ektar and like document. <laughs> I yeah. love seeing
1: those Instagram stories like when you're the night before <laughs> when you're, you know, you have yeah. your 17 cameras yeah. laid out to yeah. go on your trip because I'm, I'm the exact same way when it comes to stuff like that. And, you
2: know, it's, it's funny because, like, the last two times I went, I, like, just took the HASSI because I'm like, I know I'm not going to shoot anything else. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of, like, focused. I'm doing, like, a project with, like, it's all Ektar. It's all my Hassie, It's all Square. I may introduce other things at some point with it. But so far, like, for a year and a half, it's just been that. Like I, I when I started it I also like had the Yashika Matt and I was had black and white in that and then I was like, you know what? Ah. I'm just I just like I'm, I'm liking just doing the ektar yeah. in this right now. So
3: What about directing? Have you th- have you ever thought about like directing something?
2: So like a lot of people I've worked with have told me I should do that. Yeah. I'm always afraid to. <laughs>
1: yeah, I get that I get that vibe from you though. I feel like you'd be that's like
2: right up your alley. So I think that um I I probably should because it terrifies me. That's really yeah. the answer. It, you know? it terrifies right? me
3: too, but it's something I definitely want to try, even if it's like a small like music video project or or, or just, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a feature, you know, it could be a little sure, short no, or something. Yeah, yeah, I
2: mean, I, you know, in, in college, like the first, like my first like decent short film, I get like co-directed with a friend of mine and like, I did the cinematography and editing and co-directing and eventually we were just like on our next thing I was like let me just be like those the cinematographer and editor and you can focus on the directing. Mm. Um because that relationship is really close anyway so like yeah. it you're involved in everything even though you're not making some of the ultimate decisions and I was like that's cool cuz now it's not all on me <laughs> to do. It. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Probably at some point I'll do some directing. But like again, doing things right these days often involves money. <laughs> Yeah. You know? And so, and I, if I wanted to do it, I would want to, you know, if, if I'm doing it, I would want to pay people because I right. think people deserve like their actual rates and because I value what they do and, the you know, right. the craftsmanship of it all. And it's just like, am I going to save up money to do that or am I just going to spend it on film that I could shoot myself? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, true. Right. Like, I'm always doing this yeah. like cost analyzing thing of like, if something doesn't work out, but I got a deal on something else, I'm like, well, that just, those that cost e- amortized over both, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So is that is that is editing what you do for your mm-hmm. for your day gig? Is,
2: yeah. So like you're you're an editor. Yep. And so like specifically right now, I'm you know the last two years I've been specifically assistant editing, which is like the right under the editor, and they. The person that gets all the footage, organizes it, prepares it for the editor, and then they cut it. And sometimes is isn't. And I do cut scenes occasionally. I mean, usually I cut several scenes per episode that I work on. Yeah. And then I will do all the temp sound work. You know, I'll do all the temp mixing. So because it needs to sound and look good for the people up the chain. Because, you know, you know, back in the day, they relied a lot on people just like, just trust it, it'll be good but yeah. now yeah but now it's yeah. a lot of like i need to hear it as close to final as possible otherwise i can't like you know i don't i don't know what it's not what it's gonna be so i do a lot of like temp sound effects work temp sound work of like you know putting in sound beds putting in sound effects you know making fight scenes sound real you've shots. helped me
3: a few times with my sound <laughs> <having>.
2: <laughs> it's like
3: I, d- stuff. I i messed up my audio Can you help save it <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then yeah, basically, one, you know, sending out, out, doing outputs for like the various cuts being viewed. And then once the episodes are locked, they get turned over to final sound, final music, final picture, which does like color and stuff. And then. Yeah, you know, yeah. in some shows, you also, the assistant and I will also turn over to VFX. But in some shows, like the show I just finished, like there's a whole VFX team. So, like, I didn't have to worry about it. Cause, which is great. Cause our, our finale, which was one of my episodes, had like over 700 VFX shots. So, I didn't have to worry about it. So, what? Wow. So, when you
3: turn it over, I'm being a little nerdy here. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a blank canvas, right? And then you, do you don't see it again until you watch it on TV with all the visual effects?
2: Um, it depends. Like, on this show, I wrapped the show. So, I saw everything. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, It's you know sometimes when you when you when you roll off early like you're going on another thing, you'll turn it over like yeah you know we get final we get VFX along the way so like some we're seeing like temp version etc. But sometimes yeah it's just like all right we'll see I hope it looks good (laughs) when it finishes. Uh. Yeah, cause like um in like on like Lovecraft Country which is the show I just finished um for HBO. You know, we had a VFX team in house, so like they would do like temp VFX work, so that you know wasn't final, but made it look closer to what Ah. it would look like. Yeah, you had like an idea of what was going on, and then like sometimes they would like send it out early to like the final vendors, so we could get even better looks at things. Yeah, so cool. It is, it is a, it is a fun, cool gig. Yeah.
1: See, that's a like my favorite part of like when I do my YouTube videos and all that stuff, organizing the timeline and editing and I just find so much joy in, in that <laughs> and like I barely shoot you know, like I can I can only imagine the amount of like scenes you have to work with when you're editing. Like,
2: I should send you some of the timelines from like final episodes. Oh man. Wait, the- oh, I yeah, like shared that. them with Matt and like it's loaded. <laughs> I'm like, this is eight minutes of yeah. like the finale. Yeah. He's like, wow. what is happening? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. But
3: you know what? Editors really don't get enough credit because honestly,
1: Exa- uh, yeah, 100%. I don't
3: know if people probably who I don't know if anybody of listeners have like ever be- watched dailies. But like you watch dailies and you're like, it's the worst part of the, yeah.
2: as an editor. Yeah. There's my least favorite thing is to watch dailies. Yeah. I just like, it's like, I know I have to do it, but it's so slow and like, it's like a, it's like a slog. And obviously as you go through it, you get like (laughs) excited about things. You see possibilities. You see how you want to put things together. Yeah. Wow. uh, Yeah. It's not my, it's my least favorite part of the process. Which yeah, you know but, is the it's the start of the process, so.
3: but really you guys i mean yeah like I said, you don't get enough credit because you make actors i mean you just tell the story, you know it's like you you're, you're like sure I, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to well
2: there's a there's like a famous like uh, idiom or whatever that's like you write the film three times first when you write it, second when you shoot it, final rewrites when you edit it yep or 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 t v show, so I think you know it's in general when you hear. Feedback or about a show or something—it's always attributed to like one person or the actors. It's always like, "Yeah, well, this director. Oh my god, they—they did everything, and they're yeah. so cool." Or, or um, or the actors everything. And like, obviously, we can't do anything without you know. Specifically, I can't do anything without right. the contributions from the actors because I can't edit anything if <laughs> right, <nobody> right. there. <laughs> exactly. But I think that so- one thing that's such a key factor in filmmaking is that it's a collaborative effort, and that you know even like between inside departments themselves you know like you know my editor is who i've been working with this is like our for the thing we're on now is like our fourth season of something together on and like he's a great mentor and a good friend um but you know he is always asking for my feedback on stuff and like he it's you know just because he's like my superior and like has a lot more experience than i doesn't mean he doesn't value like my opinion and feedback yeah and- yeah! Wow.
3: Plus, when you stare at something for so long, you're like, I don't even know if this is good anymore.
2: <laughs> There's a really interesting phenomenon, like in editing, where like, cause you stare at like people's faces for like months at a time. Like, literally, I was on Lovecraft for like 15 <laughs> months. So, oh like, yeah! I, wow! Um, wow! So you feel like you know the actors, and then like, obviously, if you ever see them oh, or wild. meet the person, you don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have no idea who you are, but you like, like, well, I feel like I know you. Y- wow that's like i like, so stared at you for so often and like i you and obviously when like you know before takes or like when there's a you know um a a blooper or like a breakdown or whatever like you get to see like who they are outside of like the role yeah and so you get to actually get a feel for these people and this is weird like psychological phenomena i think it's also like people compare you have compared it to like podcasts where people think that like they know people Mm. because they Mm. listen to their voices very intimately in their heads for like hours and hours and so you and people share so much about themselves so you do know a lot about them but then like you meet the person and pe- sometimes people forget that they don't actually know that person yeah, yeah. And the person's yeah, like yeah hold up
3: <laughs> hold yeah up. yeah 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 that's so interesting i never thought about that before
2: i was nervous to meet chris when i met chris
3: that's now see that's now i'm gonna <laughs> get Aww. shy That's weird.
2: (laughs) It is weird now that I know you've known you for for several years. But I was like, oh my God,
3: that's Chris from analog talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well thank you. Same
1: here, man. When I when I met Chris for the first time in Nashville, I was just like this is crazy that we've been doing this for so long and then we finally yeah. like, and then when we got to go to San Clemente yeah. and stuff, like actually get to spend some time and like, I think I that mean, might be weird or I, I think
3: that's like a unique thing that you and I have that we were like friends. I mean, maybe that's well, not like, true. I'm sure those people were friends on the internet before they've met in real life or dated and, you Yeah, know, all yeah. that stuff. But that was my first experience of like, I see you because we do it virtually. I hear you. We, we text all the time. We're like really great friends, yeah. but then we had to, like, have that weird, like, hey, like, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, damn, yeah, I you're short. Like, yeah.
3: <laughs> so, you know, somebody asked me that. They're like, was he taller than you thought he would be? I was like, you know, he was actually perfect. He was actually exactly what I thought he was going to be.
1: Oh, yeah, same, same here. It's just weird. Like, we live in such a weird yeah. damn time these days that... You know, people are, like, getting married from meeting on, like, com <laughs> and stuff. Like, what a weird life. Well, like,
2: what a weird world we I live had in. I have been, like, friends with Matt, talking with him all the time. By the time we, like, met in person at the Pydia and I was, like, it was, like, I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Or, like, you know, you know, the Pydia was so awesome, and I'm so bummed it, Dude, it, it hasn't happened this year. Still every day of my life. I know. But there were a bunch of people that, like, I met there who like I knew of, and I was like, "There's no way they know me." Yeah. And then like a bunch of people were like, "Not only did they know me, but other people I didn't even know knew me." And I was like, "What? How did this happen?"
3: <laughs> I think that's so a good, that's a good sign for the film photography community that we all are f- aware, are friends with each other in some you know aspect.
2: Sure, and like there's a lot of like individual communities out there that kind of overlap. Like, there's the restore from backup community, mm-hmm. which is really great. Obviously, you guys had Han on the f- on the podcast, and then there's like you know the negative positives group which like andre you know Mm andre is literally the reason i'm friends with so many people in the film community because andre is the reason i became friends with chris (laughs) i don't know i think i posted in the analog talk podcast group and then like andre messaged me because he was going to be interning in la and he was like i want to know more like film photographers and i knew nobody at that point yeah and so we started talking and then i think andre met up with chris and andre andre actually taught me how to develop film uh, so he taught me and yeah, kids, I was, like we, uh, we went to freestyle we got all the stuff I remember this journey back, for you yep we came back and he showed me how to develop film in my kitchen and I That's still do black and white to this day there having done color and like yes I could do it but I don't have the space to buy more things to do it properly so Dude, I, I guess yeah. that, i just like yeah. i've reserved myself to like whenever i move to the next place that has more space then i'll think about doing color but for now because i don't want to do it i don't want to like do the boiling method of like <laughs> boiling Why? water to like get your stuff close i like would want like that's, an actual that's my method it's <laughs> it's so i, I want to do it you know the the get like a tcs 1000 from cinestill and like Dial mm-hmm. it in and do it right. And for now, I'm just I like just being able to do black and white at home and do it that and and, and that way. You know, I think there's a lot of people feel about developing is that you really control every part of the process. Obviously, Timothy, you've never developed, not developed your film except for like one time or whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, Walgreens. <laughs> but like, there's there's such an ownership when you do develop the develop mm-hmm. it that that culmination of the whole thing. But at some po- times, I'm just really lazy, and I don't want to have to do
1: it. Dude, I was, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that today, walking back. Like, right before we hopped on, I ran to grab something to eat, and on my way back, I was just like, God, I still have all this film I need to develop. I just need to, like... Because, I mean, there's stuff from months ago. Like, when... Who knows what's on it now? Like, it was when I was in my, like, hardcore Metropolis phase. Like, half that bag is rolls of Metropolis, (laughs) and I'm just like, I know there's some tasty stuff on there that I want to get my hands on, but
3: make a day yeah. of
1: it. at the same time like there's Ugh. such a
2: nice thing about using labs um and like i use a couple different labs like for stuff that's like re- specific project based like i use the fine lab mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they what i love about them and like other labs do this too but like they can like set a profile for you where it's like right. they know you they know what you yeah. like this yeah. how you they like this is how they know you like your ektar this is how they know you like your portrait 160 etc and so for specific projects i use them because i'm like i'll pay that extra expense that comes with them and the like extra week it takes because it's like yeah it takes longer yeah. to get there and it takes them longer to process it and develop it and scan it yeah and blah, blah blah blah. you know and the other most of the time i was using the darkroom lab until covid hit and then i started using red room lab in in cal in la in van nuys Partially because it was just like it's right there, it's close. I can and I get can get same day scans, which is amazing, and they're yeah. affordable. But also, was also like, let's support a local business right. during the time of COVID. Yeah, and they've yeah. actually been doing really good, so I'm glad to see that. But you know, eventually. I'll go. I'll start using the Darkroom lab again. But for now, I'm happy with red room.
1: It just scares me. The, the the part that scares me about sending my film off is not them like mishandling it or anything crazy like that. I just don't want to get comfortable of where I'm. Just like I'm done developing at home. You know, like I I don't know what my pride is all about you Why need I'm so let like oh, to
2: yeah. <laughs> I know, man. I think you know. What I it, think what, it, what it <laughs> will happen, though, if you do do that, like, if you were to, like, go through a period where you send everything off to a lab, when you were to develop again, it would feel like coming home, you know? There's times mm-hmm. when I, like, oh, take a yeah. long time where I don't develop, and then I do, and it just feels great, and it's, like, that meditative, calming, like, therapy mm. process of, like, put on a podcast or put on some good music and just yeah. develop some film. But, I th- and, you know, I think you know, sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder because sometimes, like, you're in it and you're like, oh, I hate it. A- I hate that like I'm getting what's you know, water spots and like mm-hmm. I just want to set it off the lab so they do it right. But then you know, you, you don't do it for a while and like, oh I like I guess I missed the smell yeah. of fixer,
1: you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, I do. I mean I've probably opened up the fixer twice since I've haven't been developing just to give it a whiff, just to that explains kind of jog so my much.
3: Memory. That explains yeah. so much. Just kidding. <laughs> So, Chris, I know you and I text a lot back and forth about all the cameras we want and gonna buy and gonna try. Did you get anything recently?
2: Uh oh, uh oh.
3: Mr., Mr.?
2: Yeah, I did. I did. You know, I got something yesterday. Like I said, I just finished this, you know, show. I was on for like 15 months and I was like, you know what? I just finished this big thing. I wanna treat myself and. Uh, I have had a context TVS for a long time and I really love that camera, but I was like, I want, want the, the older brother, the bigger brother. And so I got, I picked up a context T2 yesterday and so I dropped off. Ugh. I've only had it for a day, so I I don't have a ton to say about it yet, <laughs> but, um, it feels good. And I dropped off like the test mm. roll this morning So I'm hope- waiting for the scans to get back So hopefully it works you you, know?
3: <laughs> I thought it was hysterical that you kind of Did the same thing that Joan did You were like sure. you just have to wait and see I was like I can't handle another wait and see What my camera is
2: <laughs> Yeah like I chucked st- Chris like hey I just I just picked up a, one of my whales And she's yeah. like what is it? I'm like you'll have to wait <laughs> She's <laughs> like, like you're gonna have to wait She said I hate you <laughs>
3: <laughs> My heart can't take it
2: and then I sent her a picture of the lens and she And I was out. like,
3: "Yes!"
2: And I mean, here it is right here.
3: Ooh. Ooh. So pretty.
2: Yeah, there's nothing in it right now because it, until I get this roll back, I don't want to shoot any more of it in case it's there's something wrong with it, but I bought it from Japan with return policy, so like hopefully it's not a brick. And if it is a brick, it's going back.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> what 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 was it? Explain the issue that you had when you were about to finish the roll.
2: Yeah, so when I was dropping off the roll this morning, I had like two frames left and i was like all right so i'll shoot them in the parking lot and then go in and so i got to frame 37 like all right sometimes i get to 37 on my tds that's fine got to 38 hmm got to 39 well okay yeah 40 Hmm. 45 (laughs) long roll of film got got up to 60 and then it rewound so i'm a little nervous that it is a brick, but hopefully it's not. But now it's publicly out there on the record that this happened. So <laughs> if if it doesn't work, I've been waiting for these like scans all day because I'm like, and I wanted them to come before this <laughs> podcast. So I can be like, it works or it doesn't.
3: <laughs> we'll stay tuned for the update. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my my uh, Pentax, my old Pentax uh, six four five before I upgraded. Thanks to you. Yep. Did that. It was just kept going. It was like frame 16 17 18 19 20 i was like what (laughs) like what is happening yeah we
1: will we'll see so did the counter actually go to 60 It did, and i was
3: shocked
2: because i'm like wait that's amazing and it's not like it's a half frame camera where it would go up to 72 so Mm -hmm. like yeah 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 why does why does six exist in the left hand side of anyways Mm. you know i remember seeing I think it was
1: like a roll of HP5 a long time ago in my journeys of hunting down weird expired film. And it was like a double roll. It had 70 frames on it or something crazy like that. It was like, or maybe a roll and a half. Man, if I end up with
2: actually 60 shots, that'll be crazy. Thanks,
1: Lomo. It's just
3: (laughs) just like, it's like the red room, like parking lot. Bedroom Lab parking lot. Yeah, it's just like I, it was like. There's this truck
2: that's always there. It's got all this graffiti on it. So I just took a picture of that, and then like, and then it's probably like pictures of like me looking at it and like <laughs> the car, my car, and stuff.
3: I hope or, that's what happens. Or Man. it's
2: all like overlapped, and so it's like thirty, you know, or sixty frames all halved, you know. So it's yeah. all overlapped, and yeah, it'll be going yeah. back, and I'll be like, all right, do I do it? That, there's the thing. If it doesn't work, do I do it again? or mm. am i out because i've mm. this is now i've had a have you know i've never i haven't really had bad luck with cameras until this year of course you know <laughs> like i got i i bought a roloflex 2.8c earlier this year but there was like a couple issues with it so i tried to ask i asked the seller to like do like a partial refund so i could get it CLA'd, and they were like no just send the whole thing back and you'll get a full refund and i was like oh well i kind of wanted to Keep it, Aww. but yeah. For the yeah, price yeah I paid, I remember the that price I paid yeah. for it. I was like, I'm not gonna not receive, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a one that's like up to snuff. So I sent it back. So I'm hoping that this T2 is not the same deal. Man, oh, that is the God. thing. I go through a lot of cameras. I've gone through lots of cameras over the years.
3: But that's what I love about you, because I could ask you, like, <laughs> I mean, I bought a bunch of stuff for me. I got my Pentax. That's true. My- my um so Timothy has too We I, I mean t- Timothy has I don't know what you're talking about. He <laughs> yeah. has the camera. <laughs> That's true. I'm like a, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about right here. <laughs> uh yes,
2: Aww. I did sell Timothy my M seven, now his M seven. Yes.
1: And I, I I, do want to publicly thank you, too, because like I remember you probably everybody probably remembers when I had I had like a Leica fall through mm-hmm. and I was completely devastated. I was just like broken. And Chris is like the little <laughs> angel out of heaven that came down and was like, hey, how about you borrow my M7, a.k.a. How about you buy this <laughs> off of me? And <laughs> I was like, you know, I want to
2: send it he's going to figure out a way to pay for it.
1: You know? yeah, yeah. You're yeah. damn right. I wasn't letting that go.
2: So like, yeah, I sent it to Timothy to borrow and like, you know, I think you, you had it for a couple of months before we even talked about like, yeah, yeah,
1: know, yeah. It was probably like two, two you know, months. Or so. it. And then yeah. it was
2: like, you know, pay me in installments, blah, blah, blah. Because like, I tried you know, the thing that I do with like when I buy cameras and sell cameras, and sometimes I think it's to my detriment, is that I don't try to get like I don't mm-hmm. see them as like investments. Like right. I want to like get yeah. them for yeah. I want to sell them for about what I paid for them, probably a little more, just to like. But like I'm not usually like sometimes I'll usually sell them actually for like right around what I pay for them. Like I sh- I bought a Shikimat one twenty four G like back in twenty seventeen for like two fifty. And it was really nice copy, really good condition. I sold that earlier this year for like two seventy five with like the close up filter, and I didn't mm. know what they were going for at the time because now that's like a five hundred dollar kit. Oh, and I,
1: <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I just was like,
2: yep. I I was in this sense of like I really wanted to purge a bunch of shit, so can I swear on this podcast? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're good. You're good. You're good. I just wanted to purge. So like I, I basically priced everything to sell, like nothing I lost money on from what I originally paid for. That's what something I love. You know, a lot of people love about like film cameras that they generally will hold, you know, retain their value. So it's almost like you're just renting them for a long time with no, not you not, know, exactly. you know, generally yeah. you get a little money or sometimes, you know, if you play your cards, right, you get a lot more money, but, uh, That's, like, the thing for me is, like, because it's a hobby and it's a, you know, it's a passion, I want to try all these different things. I'm not, like, no one's expecting anything from me except for me. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if I, you know, and I'm lucky enough to have the disposable income I have. So I'm like, I'm going to try everything that I want, you know, over time. And Timothy's lucky that, you know, Han, the right and I, time. Han and I didn't, uh, connect properly. So I could have swapped my M7 for her 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Dude, you should have saw my face when we had her on the show.
2: Timothy, I swear, <laughs> And she was like, I was going gonna- <sighs> to. I heard it in the podcast. I was like, I heard the like terror in your voice uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh oh, i had man. like three separate i mean, mia 7 deals fall through to in trades for my m7 Ugh. and i was just like you know what i'm just gonna sell it and try to buy one and then i haven't yet to this day i was like my original plan for this year <laughs> one of my plans <laughs> was i turned 30 in july and i was like i'm gonna like splurge on something big like a mamiya 7 and then COVID hit, so I was like, "I'll be more practical." So I bought a film fridge. <laughs> so that's very practical. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is good. A lot I love it. It's got a cool glass door, so I can see everything that's Ooh, in nice. it. Nice, fancy. It's- Ooh. Yeah, it's completely stuffed. So I gotta, sh- I gotta shoot some stuff.
3: <laughs> I was, I was reminded that I b- borrowed your M7 mm-hmm. before, obviously Timothy got it, but. You know, so I work with a bunch of film photography nerds as well, and, I, you know, we're just sitting doing work. And I was like, Should I get a Leica? They're like, Which Leica do you want? I was like, I don't know, four, six, seven. And he was like, Well, don't get the seven because it's electronic and it'll just lock up and then you can't shoot it if the battery dies. And I was like, That happened to me. Do you remember? I freaked <laughs> I out because I was like,
2: Chris thought I, you broke my m I thought <laughs> the
3: seven <laughs> was broke because it.
2: Oh.
0: Was-
3: <laughs> so but- I think-
2: you know, it's funny because, like, I got it back from you and I didn't change the battery until I sent it to Timothy. So, like, I had it for, like, several months and it worked before after you had it before it went to Timothy and I sent new batteries with it.
1: <laughs> Chris, you just have such, like, I know. bad luck or something. It's I know. Just like... <laughs> and I was
3: like, I'm never boring.
0: anybody's stuff again
2: you know it's funny because like i did sell timothy my m7 and then i had like instant regrets
0: like i didn't
2: regret it when i sent it to him to borrow but once like the transaction happened it was gone it's not yours and so then like a deal for an m4 came up and so i had to jump on that and so i have that one
1: dude that was so funny when you sent me the picture of the m4 i was just like
2: (laughs) i knew it i knew he was gonna do it
3: how do you like the m4 (laughs) I think I love it. It's
2: great. I think some things that I miss from the M7 is I miss the, like the bigger shutter speed dial because it's like the older, smaller one, mm. which you kind of have to use two fingers to, to yeah, use. And like yeah. obviously Timothy has the M3, so he he knows what I'm, I'm talking about in terms of the smaller mm-hmm. size. But the feel of it is great. I love the look of it. Obviously, I love like the clean front face and the in the engraved uh, top plate. You know, because if you're if you're shooting like it, you're all about the aesthetics. You know, it it doesn't matter what the camera. Yeah. The pictures yeah, it takes doesn't it really matter. Is. You're yeah. just doing it to look cool.
3: <laughs> to look, I, mean, I also like love the feel of it. The, they feel so literally
2: like that's the thing. Like I think a friend of all of ours, Tim Chisham, Chisham's on uh, Instagram. His, you know, he says, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, if people hate on mm-hmm. it, they probably haven't shot one yet because exactly. Like, there's a that's feeling one hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. If and, and I think it's you know it's obviously user preference whether that feeling is worth the money because for a lot of people it pr- you know. You don't need a Leica to do great work. You don't, you know, they're, you know, in a lot of ways, they're very limiting. And some people find that freeing and, like, and, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. invigorating because of the limitations. But there's a feel that is very good. Like, it Mm -hmm. just, it literally just feels great. And that was the thing I missed when I sold mine. So I had to get another one. (laughs) Um, And it just, like, there's nothing like advancing the film events on a Leica. It just, and I'm not here to just, like, talk about Leica as the best because I literally have so many other things. And, like, when we talk about desert island cameras, it's not my Leica, and it won't be a Leica. So, okay, all right, all right, all right. But there is just something really nice. So I think you know it's definitely a luxury item, and it's not something you need to be good at photography. There's, I mean, there's probably a lot of bad photographers with Leicas because they're status symbols now. Mm-hmm.
1: They they are. It's a necklace sometimes when I'm walking around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my G yeah. unit chain that I that you get
2: when you. But it it is. Just a really there's just something really good feeling about it, and obviously, like I said, it's up to the individual to to decide whether that feeling is worth it. But, you right. know, like J.J. J. Abrams did a TED talk like several years ago about like the it, he talked about a lot of things in it, but one of the things he talked about was that it was the it's the one where he talked about the mystery box. It was like the overall like theme. Yeah, but yeah. Something he talked That's about. It's a in, great
1: great TED talk.
2: Something he talked about in that was that sometimes a tool inspires you to do things just by being like a tool you have so like he talked about like his mm-hmm. macbook like this is this wonderful beautiful aesthetic thing and every day it's like what are you gonna do that's worthy of using me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and he's like some days i'm just mm-hmm. like i don't have anything computer like i don't have anything <laughs> worthy of you and so that's sometimes like, you know, whatever tool works for you, whether it be a Pentax K1000 or a Leica M10P, whatever works for you and inspires you, that's the thing you need. And like something I think we all love is as film photographers. We like to, not all, a lot of people like to experiment with gear and have gas and mm-hmm. try everything. But some people are like, oh, I got a Canon E1. And I just use that, and I've never had any in, you know, interest in using anything else. And I'm like, I wish I had I'm, that same ability. Same.
3: <laughs> I actually tweeted I'd have about so that. So much
2: more money, if
3: yeah, I, if right?
2: I, exactly,
1: right?
3: I, I tweeted about that oh. recently, and it kind of went a little vi- like not viral, but like in the community, like people were, everybody was like, either one side of the fence about it. They were like, yeah, it would be so great, or like, no, you should, you shouldn't limit yourself. And I was like, this is interesting. Seeing everybody's opinion on, on uh that concept of one one camera for your art, you know what I mean.
2: I like what like Matt Matt Day does, where he goes through periods with like he's got like everything, and then he goes through periods with, like I sold everything, and I'm on, yeah. like I have like one thing, and I'm down to one thing. And what I like about Matt's approach is that he just does what feels right to him. He's not chasing anything. Like you know, if he's like I want to own a bunch of different cameras and shoot a bunch of different ways, he does it.
0: And mm-hmm. if he's like,
2: I just want to focus on one thing and be consistent in my approach right now, he does that too. And so like, I have tried to like narrow things down, but then I'm like, Ugh. but I like having like one of all these different things. Like I oh, have yeah. like a, f- I have like a mechanical SLR. I have like an <laughs> uh, autofocus like SLR. I have a mechanical range finder. I have a point and shoot. I have a six by six SLR. I have a six by seven SLR, you know? I have narrowed it down a bunch, but I feel like, you know, I still have, like, so much. I have, like, two by 5 cameras right now. I need to, like, get rid of one of
3: them. <laughs> I, I, maybe it was the, the Pentax Man. that you, you sold. I was like, are you sure?
2: Yes, because I had that camera twice and, like, sold it both times. Yeah. There was, like, I had a 645N twice within, like, this year, within six months, because I sold it, and then... I regretted it and got it again, got a different one again and sold it to Chris within like one roll of shooting because it just, while I like the results, it just didn't feel right and I also got a Pentax 6x7 through like a, a random like, a, you know, happenstance kind of thing mm-hmm. happened that wasn't, I wasn't planning on it but it kind of just happened and I was like, you know what, this one, while everything about it is like bulkier and more cumbersome, feels better. I just like the experience right, more. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. The, That's what it the comes down to. Yeah. The viewfinder is like three stops dimmer, but I like shooting with it more. So I was like, you know what? I'm never getting a six four five n again. Chris, take it. And
3: I was like, <laughs> yay!
2: <laughs> did you did you trash your old one?
3: I didn't trash. It's still it's still here. It's still on the shelf. I, I would feel bad. Like, I, you know,
2: it's a shelf queen now.
3: Yeah, it's just it, for literal.
2: Is it is it com-
1: is it completely dead? Yeah, it do- it like does, is does, the, does the other it one? Work. Yeah,
3: that it, it was that was. Like I would t- finish a roll, and then the, the the roll would be half finished, or it was continuously shooting. I got it up to like twenty frames. Like, what is going on? I had to like manually rewind. I was like, I just need one that works. That's all I want, because I really love that camera yeah. and, and the results. I actually one of my favorite my favorite photos ever taken with it. Timothy was of you. We were at that coffee shop in L.A. when you were here before we went up to the Pandia.
1: Oh yeah, you need to send me that. I I'll I want that it. picture. Yeah, yeah,
3: I love that camera.
1: Man. See, I I love this talk about like the, you know, because, okay, prime example, I've been shooting a lot with my stepdad and... He is not impressed with the big bells and whistles. Like his camera collection is like really unique and different, you know? He's got like a, I think it's like an uh, that rapid, Omega rapid, it's like that weird 120 camera that you And then he's got like a Mamiya C330 and he shoots, like his daily shooter is a Minolta Maxim 7000. Like that like clunky, like first yeah. automatic mm-hmm. camera, you know? And I was like, here, Take my Leica and like you know check it out, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, that's really cool." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, you don't want to?" I was like, "I was like, what?" You know, and I I started to kind of feel that way recently. Like I unloaded a bunch of my gear yeah. in the last couple months, and. Uh,
2: it just felt good. It does feel really good when you like send a bunch of stuff off, or just like there's like this mm-hmm. like weight that's like lifted. And I think part of it's that way to like, yeah. you know, I know Timothy, you've talked about it of like this anxiety you get when you're about to go out, like, what do I take? Yeah. And if you limit your choices, or if you only have one, you don't have that. You're just like, I'm just going to shoot mm-hmm. photos. That's what I like. Yeah. Something I love about the TVS, and hopefully I also love about the T2 is like, I just. I put it in my pocket and I take it anywhere and I don't have to think Yeah, like I don't have to worry about carrying it carrying a strap or a bag it's out of the way and it's just like if I see something I take a photo of it and I just it's I have it and so I'm not like missing anything Mm -hmm. because you know yes I could take it with my iPhone but it just it feels more real if I take it with a you know an actual camera right dude totally totally Chris I, I know you were talking about you've talked about recently like that you've been in a creative rut for a while and so like Mm-hmm. my my wife learned this thing recently that I, that I i've i was in a rut for a couple months not like i feel like you've been for a while you know at the beginning of quarantine i was like reinvigorated because i was like walking like a bunch with my mm-hmm. dogs and like i was i had all this you know i was taking out photos like every day and i got like and Olympus XA also the end of the beginning of quarantine. So it was also inspired because I had this new camera and I was going everywhere. And then like, I hit like a wall mm-hmm. of like after like two months. Such of, like, a good camera. We're still in quarantine and I don't care. And I feel like I've taken all the photos of all yeah. these spots. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But my wife has learned this thing re- or ta- was talking about this thing recently she read this where it's like there's like when you're a creative, we spend a lot of time breathing out, which is like the creative process, like making things or putting things out into the world. And there's not a, as much... um talk often about like breathing in which is like taking Mm. things in and like you know processing Mm. and like not putting pressure on yourself to like create it's just like observe and to like basically experience other you know creative things that can be inspiring etc or not so i feel like you know as you know in that metaphor we spend all this time like we have to be breathing out all the time so you can't breathe out all the time you gotta breathe in sometimes in order to to have a breath to breathe out so like you know she learned that recently and it's been great for her but it's also for me i was like you know i'm i you know it's funny because like as soon as i internalize that of like all right i'm just gonna like start focusing more on like seeing things i like inspiring you know i i buy a lot of photo books and zines and stuff yeah because yep, yep. i like to do it and i like to support the community but also it is inspiring but like i've been going through and like reading a lot of the you know looking at a lot of stuff and like it doesn't matter sometimes even if like the stuff I'm looking at is not at all what I'm inspired to do. But I think seeing creativity, seeing art can be just awake something in you subconsciously that makes you want to go do something of yourself. So like, yeah, I yeah. think, you know, cause the worst part about being in a rut is like, you know it. Yeah. And you're like, how do I get out of it? Yeah. yeah and I yeah. think the thing is the thing that's always worked for me is to like take the pressure off myself to like not force myself to do it i know some people like when i'm in a rut i force myself to do it being that i'm like you know specifically with photography you know i do it for fun i don't have to like i'm there's nobody waiting for me to do it so i like have to like put food on the table so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna take this time and like when i feel it again i will it was funny for me like as soon as i started feeling it that way then i started feeling it again so it's like once I took <laughs> yeah, the pressure off yeah. myself to feel like I had to be creative, then I felt. Good. And also, like I, you know, I know it's popular to hate on Instagram, but like when you, I've I've done so much less posting this year because I feel like every time I post, I don't get like the reaction I'm looking for, or it's you know it's it's this it's the same Instagram problem everybody has of like the things that you are really happy with don't get the likes or an attention that you want, yep. and the things you're like, well, I just. This one's wow. fine. Yeah. And then somehow that blows up and it's this weird, like you get into this weird headspace of like, am I completely wrong about my art,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, or, like, yeah. my artistic yeah.
2: expression? And I think that, uh, posting way less personally has been helpful and not, and not always being on it, you know, it can be super inspiring, but also then it can be like super like debilitating because you're like, I'll never be this good. <laughs> you know, Yeah. Um, so I think taking time away and like actually looking at books and zines or like if we weren't in COVID going to gallery shows, et cetera, I think, you know, being, talking with people, other people is really sometimes the best part. Like being involved in the community is way more fulfilling necessarily than even doing your own stuff sometimes.
3: Yeah. And I think, I think I get a lot of creative satisfaction from the show and like working to make the show as good as it can be and stuff like that it's just been a weird it's like a weird time you know <laughs> so and and like <laughs> yeah. i haven't wanna, it's been a like, very yeah, weird yeah i want to exercise <laughs> and we're trying to exercise i don't want to i just don't feel like i don't feel like it <laughs> and it sucks because you're like you said you're aware of it you know and i i was like well maybe i'll buy a new camera and i was like but i'm not gonna shoot it because i know i'm not because i don't feel good you know but it it's it's like i feel like i'm at the end um, that's good because I've, I've been feeling like waves of inspiration and I've got some things lined up with like my YouTube I'm going to do, which I'm excited for. So yeah, it's okay guys. I uh, appreciate, um, that, that advice from your wife is, re- is a really good kind of like forgive yourself, you know, cause they, you'll just beat yourself up and it's like, that's not going to do anything for anybody anyway. You're still not going to yep. shoot and then you're feel like crap. So what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But like breathing <laughs> out. I never really like we're creatives, we breathe out, we're always out out out, and like letting it come back in is important too, so mm-hmm. thank you for that yeah
2: yeah you gotta you gotta have some s appreciated inspiration from the from something, whether it be yeah. people around you or like the greats et cetera like whatever whatever works for you to feel inspired. Because, i mean some people are inspired by non photography, like and a lot of people like music inspires them, and then yeah, they go music, shoot based music. on that or mm-hmm you know, films or whatever, like, or like the situation, the social situation they're in. Like, you know, it all depends on everybody. That's something that's great. Like art is so personal and unique that while it is like everybody can relate to it, you can all find your own way to express
3: yourself.
1: We'll be right back with some listener questions for Chris, right after this message from our sponsor.
3: Support for Analog Talk comes from Polaroid. Use the promo code AnalogTalk10 on your first purchase on film at Polaroid.com. All right, everybody, this is the part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. This week we're going to hit Chris with two because we want to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The first one comes from another friend of the show, Raph, 2071 photo. He asks, your Lomo 800 plus contacts combo is legendary. When can we get a zine of that? And I second this notion
2: um <laughs> third i third it so there is a zine i am working on right now i actually just finished the all the prints of like all the original selects so that i can oh like i saw it that yeah 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 yeah. yeah, i printed out something like 150 shots it's not all contacts it's not all lomo 800 it's not all film but there is a bunch of contacts lomo 800 in it yeah. um it started like at the beginning of quarantine with a certain idea and then it became something else over time and i'm not going to get into mm. too much of it now but i hopefully will have it out by the end of the year and whenever it does go out analog talk you listeners will get it like a 10 percent off
3: you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna to that. yeah so <laughs> I'll, I'll
2: i'll make that happen with you guys but thanks rafa for, for saying anything i do in the <laughs> <cafeteria>. <laughs> but i do that is like my favorite like lomo film specifically 800 in my context tvs is like i shot something i do that's uh extra <laughs> is, <laughs> I think because of my, like, technical background with, like, editing, you know, it's a very technical thing, uh, having to be very organized. I have a Google Sheet for every year. Yes. um, Oh, yeah. You're right. I love that. (laughs) So, like, I have a Google Sheet that's, like, each sheet, there's one for a year in format since, like, 2018. I've been I've been doing it this way where like every shot every roll gets a roll number and then there's a name which is based like you know M is for 120 film and R is for 35 and so it's like you get M1 Hasselblad 500cm Ektar and then like if it's pushed or anything like that that's the roll number and so then all the files are named that. Ah, and then, you know, so sequential smart. order. But then I also have, like, what's the camera? You know, then I have all these columns where it's, like, what's the camera? What was it shot at? How was it metered? Like, with with what? Like, whether it's, a, you know, iPhone or uh, my Sekonic or, mm. like, uh, internal camera meter or whatever. Um, when it was shot, you know, day the role was started, day the d- role was ended. What are the contents? What lab was used? If there was a lab, Damn. what developer was used? What, you know, what scanner Oh, I love it. All this stuff. And mm. so because I've been doing that, like last year at the end of the year, I was able to like do this whole breakdown, of like all the film I shot and all this, like what was the breakdowns, like what camera was used most, what film was used most, like what was the breakdown of black and white to color and all these things. And like Glomo 800 was like 28% of the film I shot last year. And I think the TVS was like 25% of the film I shot last year. And like, I think the Hassie was like 45 Wow. Um, it was a big year for the Hassie last year. Yeah. I shot way Don't more. Sell that. We'll know something's I'm wrong not...
3: if you sell the Hassie.
2: <laughs> Hassie's never going away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love but that. But I shot like 80 rolls of 120 last year to like 50 35. This year it's been way more 35. Really? Wow. It's been like, I'm up to like 46 and 35, and like, I'm like 20 for 120 this year. Wow. This year's weird. But I think what I like about doing it is that I can see these like different trends in my like how mm-hmm. I shot. Like in 2018, I shot way more mm. 35 than I shot 120. And then in 2019, I shot way more 120 than I shot 35, and I shot a lot of Actar, a lot of low, more 800. And in 2020, I'm shooting a lot more 35 and I'm also I started I got four by five this year so now i have four by five you know cu- you know sheets in the thing so I can see that you know it's been almost exclusively HP5 at this point but it's there and it's you know I have all this information and it's documented so that's something crazy and extra that I do <laughs> but it is
3: I didn't know it was that deep I knew you did oh, it yeah. but I didn't know it was like all that <laughs> there's like a
2: there's a um, yeah I wish I had that discipline. There's a um, highlight on my Instagram uh, of like me showing, going through the whole thing. So it's like film archive process or something. I have a lot of highlights on my Instagram. It's one of the many.
1: Dude, real quick before we change the subject to the next question. Your zine that you put out, it was this year, right? Yeah. You put out that zine. So I
2: I made it. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) I... Put it together at the end of 2019, and then it like it arrived in 2020. So I I sold it and shipped it all earlier at the very beginning of the year. Yeah, very beginning of the year. Yeah, I just
1: wanted to say that I I think I messaged you and told you this too. It was such a big inspiration on. Like my latest zine that I did, like just I was so impressed with it. Like I loved the layout. Like you could tell that you just like really put some time and thought into it. And I just love it. I love nighttime photography. I love all black. Like it is just like, I don't know if I could wear that zine somehow, like I would wear it <laughs> every day because it's one of my favorites that I've, I that I've come that. across. That
2: I, You know, I had that idea for that zine for like two years and it took me like two years to make it. Cause all that photography mm. is from like late 2017. Like none of it is new, um, or or was like that current when I yeah. made it. Yeah. Um, and that was my first zine too. Yeah. And I I had all these I you know basically the way it turned out is the the original concept and the way I had it in my mind. So I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Mm. For people who don't know it, it's a black and white zine. <laughs> uh, it's called <laughs> My Wife Thought All My Clever Idea Clever Titles Were Dumb. Because I had an, an original I ti- did different title for it at the beginning, and my wife, who I bounced a lot of ideas off, thought all every all ideas, all ideas I had were dumb, and I decided to immortalize <laughs> her in the Z name. It's the best. <laughs> and so it's just uh, basically like black and white photos of like basically a lot of like l- lone light subjects at night, kind of the way like I you know take my dogs on long walks at night, and it was like what if you went along with me and my dogs basically? And that's what the zine is. And I really liked how it turned out. I've been thinking about doing a second pressing. Cause I only did like 50 the first time and they sold out in like a day or like two I days or something. Wow, it was awesome. It was very like mind blowing. And I did it all just via like DMS and like, You know, PayPal and Venmo, and then like sending all my uh, myself, which I really enjoyed. But I think if I did it again, I would like. My next thing I should, I want to like set up a store or something. And I thought about doing like Mm -hmm. Blurb or MagCloud, but I like the personal touch of like receiving them all, being able to write a note and send them out, because. I don't know. I just it feels a little impersonal if I'm using like a service and I'm not knocking people to do it. I have owned plenty of zines from people who've done it that way. I just like for me, it felt like the last like part of the process of like to personally send these things out. Yeah. like And like
3: or in my give, case or, or give them over. to people in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know. It's funny cuz like Justin Rosenberg friend of the friend of the show, you know, he bought his like back when I put him up, which was like in February and I just gave him his like last week. <laughs> <laughs> Man, see, I, I agree
1: completely with that. Like, that's I that's why anytime I do, like, a little zine or something like that, I always try to give the people that I talk to on a regular basis or, like, you know, anybody who wants, like, I always try to do, like, a special edition of mm-hmm. the zine that comes with the print and all that stuff. And literally, I make nothing on that. I think the total profit of the personalized zine is, is around $2.75. I just want you guys to have... I don't want to say like fans because I don't feel like I have fans but it's like friends that support the work yeah friends and it's like you know like i know like i love the print that you included with your zine i love doing that i love writing the note that goes with it and being like you know just there's so much you can do with that For my
2: first scene i wanted to do something special so like every copy came with a five by seven Mm -hmm. of one of the images from the zine and i stuck it in those in the zine at the page that it that it was in you know the the image it was in yeah i love that um I don't know if I'll go that extra this next time. (laughs) But we'll see. Yeah. But like That's great though. That's great.
3: I was gonna say the print really is a nice touch.
2: Maybe I'll charge for it this time. Like it's an extra dollar. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Or like the first fifty get it, you know, whatever something. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, like, you know, because it's just for fun, there are no rules, you know, so I can whatever I feel like this time I'll do. you know because again like you Definitely. said to me, like i'm not doing these to make money i'm just doing it because it's fun and it's cool No hell no. and like i made like a very small profit of probably like i don't know maybe a hundred dollars over 50 yeah. zines i doubt mm-hmm. it was that high but i think i just turned it around and put it into film or something you know like yep. or a- exactly you know, it got, That's eaten, all I ever it got do. ate yeah. up at shipping so like <laughs> i may have got
1: nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. man for sure
2: let's give you one
1: more question before we ask you the really shitty questions <laughs> that we ask at the end. <laughs> All right. And this next question is going to be from Dominic and he wanted to know, and I wanted to know this too, cause I loved your guys's podcast and it, and he wanted to know is your and Matt's pod ever coming back?
2: Uh, <laughs> so
1: you're about to uh, break our
3: heart, aren't you? No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, it's
2: just, I'm going to set the context for people who don't know. So Matt day and I, uh, did a podcast called real time R E E L, you know like a film reel uh and Mm -hmm. we did it in like 2019 we did like six or seven episodes just us talking about like film and tv our last episode was about game of thrones the finale like a you know like a breakdown of like how we felt about the show complicated feelings um yeah and then like both of us just kind of got hit by like different like work things happening in our lives or like family or whatever and it just kind of fell by the wayside and like Matt didn't have the, Matt originally was editing it. So like, and then he didn't have capacity to, and I didn't have capacity to. Yeah. It is not off the table. I just, there's no current timetable of when it will come back. Okay. Uh It's not dead. It's just hibernating. I'll say okay, that. Good, good. good. <laughs> I think b- both of us, we both talked about wanting to bring it back again. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. Maybe look for it in 2021. I don't see it happening this year. Because there's no, so little time left in the year, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. But maybe ask Santa for it for Christmas or
3: something. I'm going to. It's <laughs> on my list. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. It is. Go ahead, Chris. Hit them with the tough ones.
3: You know, we actually. This is funny. I'm about to ask you the the second half of the question is your, your idea, my yep, <laughs> whale question, which was uh, so. Thank you for that. Uh, yep. So I'm excited to hear what yours is. But before that, what's your all-time desert island? If you had to pick one for the rest of your life, what would it be and why?
2: So like six months ago, I think it would have been the hassie Like it would have been the 500 CM. And basically, since I got that camera, I was like, this camera. Like there's just something about it that like feels good to me. Like, you know, sometimes it's like putting on a glove or whatever. Like it yeah. just fits with you. And I love that camera. And it would be second. But I actually think... Uh, on this mythical amazing desert <laughs> island I would actually take the context tvs like wow like, uh, that's uh, awesome
3: I, okay
2: I don't have I, I have one day of experience with a hopefully functioning t2 so who knows if it would <laughs> change yeah. but something I love about like the tvs is like I think it's such a versatile machine like i like to i like to think that the vs in the tvs sense are versatile <laughs> like titanium versatile camera <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah because because it's this like good zoom it's a 28 to 56 which is a really good tight range it's not some like crazy thing like 28 to 105 like some of the olympuses and stuff like that yeah yeah um it's still that titanium body it's the same body as the t2 it just it's got the zoom lens and there's some because it came out four years after the t2 there's some refinements of like you can you have five stops of overexposure and underexposure you can set so like even if you if you, you know, it defaults to DX code uh, to 100 if you don't have a DF, DX code. But so even if you like, you loaded in some bulk road film, you could set it to 3200 with that five stops of overexposure. Oh, cool. Or you could go all the way down to like, you know, whatever, like six or something ISO. You know, whereas the T2 only has two stops uh, both ways. Um, and it's just, it's, Still, Zeiss glass. Yes, it's slow, but I'm on an island, so there's a lot of sun. So, like, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. You you can you can get wide. You can get like a good you know portrait shot with the 56. Like, it's just a versatile camera. It fits in your pocket. And if I needed to break open a coconut, maybe it can work because it's it's <laughs> heavy. <laughs> so it's I you know I think that's Man. a I know no one so, said the TVS before on the show. So that's, mm. that's unique. I did say my luck. That's <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> I, honestly like i don't even think like it would be the t v s then the hassie then maybe the like i don't know maybe actually maybe my four Man. my four by five at this point i don't know, but yeah t v s that's my that's my my bay, yes, i say <laughs>
1: Dude, I totally get that. It's such like a. I mean, I'm glad it's slept on because if I ever need to get a second one, like well, I've thought about just
2: buying a second one just cause mm-hmm. because they're affordable. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're just so affordable. And I
2: mean, it's literally a T two yeah. with a zoom lens. You know what I mean? Like we, you know, we were he, we were responding to Rafa's question earlier, but like he's the reason I bought one because he had one. He was. He posted some sh- stuff that was awesome. Like, that's from the TVS? Well, I have to have one. So he- then I bought one. He sold his, saw so the stuff I was posted with. Mine, so he bought one again. Ah, <laughs> so like, that's the best. Oh, man. So we've had this like cycle where like <laughs> he-, he inspired me to get wood and I inspired him to get it back. We'll see if he picks up a T2 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you already
1: got me looking online the second i saw that i was just like i gotta have one <laughs> and i'm like looking
2: everywhere
3: There's something about a point and shoot you know it's just they're just so great and i will tell you my fiance just got one he, he bought a like a c2 oh
2: wow
3: oh
1: those are great cameras those are good yeah cameras. not
3: not a lot of people know about them i don't i, I don't mm-hmm. th- 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 i think they're kind of funny looking so i never was really they are like it funny is a little looking. weird yeah. yeah but his uh his his photo series is either me waking up in the morning or going to bed in the morning going to bed at <laughs> night it's just like the whole role is me like stop my <laughs> kids and I then he, the other day he was like i gotta send the roll in what's your, uh, what's the dark room log i'm like you're not sending these to the dark room they know me there oh. like no way
2: <laughs> i, like I love that so good. such
3: a troll anyway yeah okay second part of the question inspired by you
2: yeah i i submitted it for one uh somebody's way back i can't remember whose it was yeah but then you like text me like we're gonna make this a part of the show like, <laughs> Hell yeah <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> so are you lusting after anything any moby Dick? what am i not
2: lusting after
3: right i now? know really uh, I
2: mean, like the t2 obviously is here so i'm not i mean again if it's working <laughs> <you yeah. know? laughs> obviously i have i have a specific answer but i'm gonna talk about a Several things at the moment because it's my time. out. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously the Mamiya Seven because I've been trying to get one for a while. It's just like you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were cheaper. Everything was a little cheaper at the beginning of the yeah. pandemic, and yeah. I waited on a, yeah. like stuff, and all of its stuff, all of the prices have risen. Like I looked the other day, just for fun, for fun in
3: quotes, <laughs> <laughs> for torture, for torture. You mean? And yeah.
2: you know, I was looking at Mamiya Sevens and like the cheapest I could find on eBay at the time that came with a lens because like you could buy them without but I was looking for ones with the lens it was $2,900 and it had fungus and I'm like what the hell is wrong? Oh. Uh, well I'm not no Yeah <laughs> like, No so, Insanity Lumia 7 is definitely something that I'm like, I don't know if it'll ever happen. It probably will at some point if I sell a bunch of other stuff. It's gonna happen. Um, and then <laughs> let's let's see me like not care for it and be like,
3: why did I do this?
2: I have to like, I should need to borrow somebody's. buddies. Maybe I'll rent it from the the from Film Objective. There you go. Which good I good thought idea. about. Yeah. Um. The uh, what was I gonna say? I think getting an M7 back <laughs> because I <Yeah. laughs> I missed mine. <laughs> Just because like the Oops. aperture priority mode is so nice, to, like you oh, know, have to it's insane as much. Um, and like I have a Kex EM EM1 now on my um M4, which is really nice. Which is one of those little hot shoe meters, and it's really good and it works really yeah. well. Uh, but sometimes it's just like I don't. I would love to just like press the shutter, and it you know it got it has the right uh, speed. Yeah. but I've been really into four x five lately, and so, uh, the thing I would like. The specific thing I would say, like I'm lusting after, which is just never going to happen, is like a Linhof Master Technica Ooh. 3000 uh. which is like the Rolls Royce of like four by five, like um field four, four by five field cameras, because you know some people can say that Linhof is like the Leica of four by five. You know they yeah are really um compact and like very. It's like almost over engineered, where like everything has like a, a place, and like there's like a little lever that r- does the rise and fall, and they have a built in hood that swings away, and like the back, like all the things are so are super cool. Mm. And you can, if you get a small enough lens, you can even collapse it with the lens still attached. Ooh. Yeah. Like if you get, I think. Like wow. if you get like a one like a one fifty some like some one fifties can can close with it still attached to the body and I've been getting into four by five this year I have a Crown Graphic and a Shen Hao a bunch of letters because it's like the there's like it's a yeah, four yeah. five H Z X two A or something <laughs> <laughs> um, it's beautiful it's though a very it's beautiful a beautiful camera, camera. Okay. but like if I could have any camera I would you know I'd want like you know and i don't care about the rangefinder aspect of 4x5 because if i'm shooting 4x5 i want to go underneath the cloth and see the image upside yeah. down yeah. reversed yeah. and like get a loop on the ground glass like i'm not here to like if i want to shoot with a rangefinder i'll shoot with a leica you know i don't right. need yeah. I don't, you know i want that pinpoint focus on the on 4x5 but that's my answer the linhof answers plural yeah. <laughs> sure. But, like my official answer is the Lindholm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Four by fives piqued my interest lately. That's all I'll say. Cause I'm not it committing. feels. You know,
2: <laughs> I feel like I've done this. Where it's happened several times. Where like I've had an interest thing and gotten into a thing, and then right after I like buy the thing, everybody's into it. Yeah. Like mm. I feel like I finally like, chose to like get into four by five this year, and right after I got mine, like everybody was talking about four by five. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, the thing where, like, you now are aware. Because I was, like, nobody, not nobody, not a lot of people were talking about it. But, like, right after I got mine, like, Matt Mirage started a large format Fridays. And, like, yeah. uh, Todd Carroll, like, started his YouTube channel. And, like, like a bunch of people, a bunch of YouTubers got intrepids, you know, either yeah. from an intrepid or they just straight up bought one. I was, like... <laughs> why that's like why is everybody like, going
3: do it right now that's like when you're really into a, into a band before everybody yeah. else and then they blow up you're like i like, knew them before everybody else
2: and it's not They're like, like a, yeah right and it's not like i don't <laughs> want people to be in it I just like don't buy the things i want before I can. <laughs> yeah
3: exactly
1: well that and then the inflation the inflation yeah. goes crazy when you know Ugh yeah
3: anyway well chris those are great answers and I don't know, Timothy, do you have anything? I feel like we could we could keep, we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. Yeah, but we I, could... I can't <laughs> believe it's
1: an hour and a half. Like, I just feel like we got started. Yeah. There's so
2: much I could have said and didn't.
1: <laughs> well, dude, I do want to say one thing before we let you go. When we were at the Film Photography Padilla, Chris, you you killed it for us. Chris brought his little multi-track recorder, all these yeah, microphones. Oh, yeah, 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 He was plopped down Like, I have... I have a bunch of videos from that time. I'm still working on my PDA video two <laughs> years later, but uh, <laughs> it's just so good. Chris is there with his headphones on, and he's just like right in it with yeah. us in the trenches. And yep. dude, I just wait. That whole thing wouldn't have been possible without you. And again, from the bottom of mine and Chris's heart, I'm sure, we we thank you so much for that, dude. Oh, you're like, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks, friends. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Definitely.
3: So before we go, are you working anything like personal project related? Like any any other?
2: I mean, everything I do is a personal project
3: <laughs> because I'm hobbyist. That's true. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, true.
2: there's a couple, like specifically the thing that the zine is, was a specific thing I was doing. I can talk about, I guess I'll talk about a little bit. I'll talk okay. about it a little bit. It's, it's, um, I'm calling it the point of houses because when it started, it was kind of like, it was specifically about like the corners and points of houses because I was like really into like oh, photographing yeah. like the, these like craftsman houses we have out in like LA, LA and mm-hmm. like, you know, in, we don't really have them in like, you know, where I'm from in Wisconsin, although I miss the architecture of Wisconsin all the time and like, cause like I see it and I'm like, oh, we don't have those kind of houses here, and I'm, now I'm more like wanting to photograph them. Now that I'm into photography, <laughs> you know, I'm not there. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I was thinking about like it can also play into like the point of houses or a home, especially right now, given like quarantine or and like the pandemic. Dude, I love this. And then yeah. I was then I also like I was actually just talking about this with Matt the other day spinning it into like there's a game that like my family played when we were kids like we would go to the grocery store like after church on sundays and my mom would go in and my dad would stay in the car with the kids and we would make up stories about the people we saw in the parking lot we like this Ooh, person's like awesome. going to this and doing that so like i've decided i i told i said i wouldn't say anything but this i now I'm, like tell you what the z is <laughs> so what it <laughs> is it's gonna be like these photos of like houses and stuff and like not just houses but because it's kind of morphed but then it's going to be accompanied by like these little like stories that I've made up about the people from the houses. Ah, that, like, oh, you know, cool, cool, are, like, cool, cool. Um, so, for example, like one of them is like I, I wrote it down. I can't remember the exact you know, who the characters are, but it's like this. This house, which looks like it's lo- looking out an attic, is like this. You know, was Jack and and Rory's like you know playground. Like it's a portal to the other world. Like it was the deck of the Titanic. It was Indiana Jones's cave. Mm. Oh, that's it was so cool. um, this. But then they moved and no one's gone into that, you know, no one's gone on an adventure for a very long time. It's much more elegant. whatever I wrote down. Yeah. So that's kind of what the next project is going to be that hopefully will yeah. be on sale before the end of the year. <sighs> so like it's going to be some stuff like that. And like... It's- super i'm exciting. thinking of like you know there's some black and white photos that i don't know if it's gonna make it in but if they and it's like it's gonna be a dog's like you know story because it's in black and uh, white
3: yes oh, what? oh my god this what? is awesome
2: <laughs> so so that's cool. that's the next thing and i like like i've said like i'm working on this like california project of like driving through california and like documenting and like eventually i want to make a book out of that like an actual like book and whether i've self-published it or anybody actually wants to publish it who knows but like it, even if i only have a copy of it one day like i'm going to make something out of that yeah. with like this like ektar hassi stuff but i think that's like several years away cuz like i i only get around to being able to do these trips like every couple of months and so then it's like you know i try to make the most of it during that time but i want to just build up a big body to choose from so yeah those are like the I'm actively working on those two things but there's like a ton of other ideas I have and like I love it like I said like notebook full of ideas that I hope to eventually complete like 10% of them you know yeah <laughs> so that's mm. how it works
3: amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah. well Chris thank you thank you thank you for joining us we're of course. like we've already gushed over you already I'm but... <laughs> honored
2: and I've been wanting this day for so long and it's finally yeah. oh!
3: <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to get together at, in a bar sometime in the future yeah. and just have this kind of conversation. For sure. But for sure. where can everybody check you out? Instagram, so, website?
2: I'm on Instagram at underscore Vistifer underscore. Uh, the person with the Vistifer account who has like nine, you know, 60 followers or whatever and it's private uh, like I uh, can't uh, get a hold of them so and at this point, I've been underscore Vistifer for so long that I'm like, I feel like I'd h- I'd hate to like lose my like tags if I changed, even if yeah. available. Yeah. So yeah. I'm underscore Vistifer underscore, and that's Vistifer. It's V-I-S-S-T-O-P-H-E-R, and then I have a website that's viscerphoto.com, That's V-I-S-S-E-R-F-O-T-O.com. And so that's got a bunch of portrait work and some of this like California stuff and some neon like night stuff. That's mostly all like context TV, slow yes, 800. You know, I yeah. think that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I haven't been doing a ton of that lately because I'm not going to like things at night. You know, with, with yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what kind of put a hold. But I'll probably do a reading of that stuff eventually. But yeah. So the Instagram and I'm on Facebook too. Like, if you see me in a Facebook group, you know, reach out, say hey. Yeah. So Instagram website. I need to update the website. I did it like last year and now I'm like,
3: there's so much stuff I need to same, put on it. Same oh, here. We all do. <laughs> yeah. cool. Well, Timothy, awesome. where are you?
1: Guys, head over to Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. Uh, easiest way to find it. Uh, search bar, Timothy Makeups. You'll find a whole bunch of stuff there. Chris, where are you?
3: So I am crispy Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, Analog Talk Podcast has a Twitter. It's Analog Talk Pod. We have a Instagram as well. <laughs> <laughs> analog talk podcast on instagram and of course a facebook page you can like and a group you can join and hang out and share photos and all that jazz all that jazz so chris thank you again i'm of sure of i'll course. see you soon hopefully yes um oh. you'll see me online if you don't uh, exactly <laughs> yeah, i'll be sure. texting you something i'm sure yeah <laughs> all right guys we'll see you in the next one Bye-bye. Bye.
1: First off we want to thank Chris for coming on the show. I feel like this was a, a long time coming and we're we're so happy to to finally get you on the show and it, it was just like really nice to have a good friend on as a guest like what a what a great time and you know chris you're an amazing dude and we love you very very much speaking for both of us chris and i we love you (laughs) guys that's going to take us to patreon head over to patreon.com analog talk for just a buck you can get the show two days early we also have a patreon only discord we're in there we're chatting we're typing we're sharing things every day over there We're also going to be doing, I think we decided the third Wednesday of the month is going to be developing film with us. So we're going to be at home. We're going to be developing some film. It's going to be fun stuff. Patreons are going to be invited. You know, we're still going to have our Patreon only after shows and Patreon exclusive shows. And, you know, we're still planning on doing that stuff. There's a bunch of other stuff there, guys. Check it out. It's going to be patreon.com slash analog talk. That's going to be it for this week. So until next week, guys, we'll see you soon. Later.